I say, I say, here today, drinking a gin seltzer. Yep, yep. In honor of our, our hero, Doc McCoy. Could you please talk like Foghorn Leghorn for the whole episode? I'm going to try, little lady. <laughs> Jim boy, I say, Jim boy. Welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 13. This week we'll be covering A Taste of Armageddon and This Side of Paradise. I'm Chris, and joining me this week are... Ames. Caitlin. And I'm Jake Boy. Jake Boy. Oh god, he's really doing it. Good. So first up, we have A Taste of Armageddon. The Enterprise is sent to a Mini-R-7 to try and establish diplomatic relations. There's been no contact with the planet for 50 years since the last contact by the USS Valiant. Yeah, and that one went missing. Yes, super missing. Shortly after beaming down to the planet, Kirk and his landing party are informed that the planet has been at war with their nearest neighbor, Vendikar, for some 500 years. And they soon experience a supposed attack on the city, though with no audible or visible problems. They are soon informed that the entire war is simulated, carried out by computers, and the citizenry willingly give themselves up to disintegration if the computer says they were killed in action. The Enterprise is deemed a casualty of the war, and Kirk is soon held hostage by the Aminiar Council in an attempt to extort the crew into coming down to be killed. Kirk must escape his captors and warn the ship before the crew is killed in this bizarre, slightly stupid virtual war. Only slightly stupid? Yeah, a little. In this side of paradise, the Enterprise is rushing to a newly formed colony world, which they realize is being bombarded by a recently discovered kind of space ray. Based on what they know of these rays, the colony should be dead, but they're trying to discover what, if anything, they can about the situation. They are therefore very surprised to find all the colonists there and very alive and well, if a little too happy. Mr. Spock and later more of the crew are soon exposed to the planet's mysterious spores, which, although they protect them from the bizarre space rays, also put them into a sort of docile, happy state. They don't have uh, any sort of ambition or drive or anything like that. And, and Kirk won't have that! Happiness is angry-making. And that's the key. But we'll get to that when we get to it. So, I don't know about anyone else, but my very first note for uh, Taste of Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Who's this douchebag? Who? Uh, Ambassador Fox? Yeah. Fuck Ambassador Fox. Right away, our second example of one of those Federation dickheads who is allowed to take over the ship because he feels like it, basically. He was wearing a weird coat thing, though. Not as cool as the last guy's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the last guy with his shirt flaps had, had, some, good, uh, yeah. had some good coat thing going on. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he had futuristic civilian clothes. I did... I will say that the, the sort of the flap that kept his coat shut did have some really nice embroidery on it. I don't know. It, it, felt, it felt like a, a reject from Project Runway to me. So. <laughs> that guy needs some sort of... Some sort... Something. Something on the under the under eye area. Yes! I said the same the bags thing! under his eyes. He looked like, like he had a prolapsed asshole <laughs> on his face. Like... <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> I mean, that poor man, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> were they, do you think, I actually asked this while we were watching it, like, do you think that was real or was that, like, prosthetic? Well, I, I had the same thought when I was watching it. Like, it, it's from certain angles, it looked like, like, it was, like, pe- like, 
I, I don't even know. And, and then, but for some angles, it didn't look as bad. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think it was real. I think oh, that was his real face. God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. <laughs> unfortunate you guys are look. very cruel. What? He's probably dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's never going to hear this. Oh Whatever was on his face probably fucking killed him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't even have next to each other and it's already happening. Uh, yeah, that, that poor man. And What are you drinking there, Jake? Oh, I'm having myself a, a mint julep. <laughs> now, it's not actually mint, and it's not actually a mint julep. Well, neither was whatever McCoy had, so... I say, I say, I think you have it right there, little lady. Oh, Jesus no. Christ. We'll discuss his drink later, because that's the next episode. But uh, do feel free to keep going with the voice if you'd like. No, I'll, I'll, I'll pop in and out. <laughs> our, our southern gentlemen will, will join us from time to time. Fantastic. Please insert more julep. But yeah, Federation ambassador dickhead. Yeah, he wasn't great. He also, like, I felt like he wasn't acting terribly great as, a, as an actor. He was very <laughs> stilted. Especially once he was on planet. Mm. Like, when he was on the ship, he could kind of just be a dick, like, oh, you'll do what I say, Kirk. And then he's on the planet, and he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's just like, ooh. I feel like they maybe should have let him get disintegrated before stepping in. <laughs> oh, well, that was that was really odd, because they, they find the disintegration chamber. This is jumping ahead a little bit. They a find lot. The, yeah. <laughs> not much, actually. It gets no, actually true, going backwards. True. And they just kind of watch as some people go in there and get disintegrated, and I'm thinking, like, jump in! Save them! Well, like you've been... This is what you wanted to do! Well, and, and Spock is like, entrance, but no exit. It must be the disintegration. It's like, look, you were told there were disintegration chambers. What the fuck else would that be? Bathroom. Mm. Maybe the elevator? They just blew up the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, guys. What the fuck? Well, that's, that, that, that's actually that'd be funny. There's a, there's this a... is an ADA-compliant building, and you fucked it. <laughs> how, are, how are our citizens in wheelchairs supposed to deliver themselves to disintegration chambers now, you monsters? Mm. Jesus. Yikes. Yeah, can we can we uh, go, you know, just while we're talking about general episode things, can we talk about the hats? No. I yes! Like, the I costumes think... in general. They looked like rhinocetops. I'm what not ready to talk wearing? about the hats. They were, they, those are some great hats. It looked like, what it looked to me like, like they, you, Vermin Supreme. Was that the well, guy yeah. that had the boot on was his it, head? Yeah, I also thought it looked like a boot on that I head. was thinking echidna penis. Or that. <laughs> That's yes. also quite possible. That's accurate. Yeah. Yeah, I don't they... think I've ever seen an echidna piece. Don't. Oh, don't worry. Don't I'll, it. I'll wise. hook you up after this episode. Oh, goodness. Yeah, they have, those... have you seen duck penis? Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, they're upsetting. They're they are upsetting. upsetting. Why I agree. Are we looking at penises. You just have to. <laughs> well, sometimes. you're fucking sitting here naked. What else are we supposed to look listen, at? Listen, listen. <laughs> my eyes are up here. Listen, I have my mint julep and I cannot wear <laughs> pants with a mint julep. That's it's just so, not, not done that it's way. It's true. Now, pants, though, right? Because they have the stupid hats. <laughs> yeah. Good segue. And they had these really weird, like, one leg of pant goes straight into a sash. Yeah, it was like a half yeah, overall. Sash pants, you it were was, saying, yeah. It was, it was almost like they'd taken the uh, stupid jumpsuits from what a little girl's made of. And wore and half of them? Cut, yeah, cut off part of them. It's like We like, don't have enough for everybody. Who in the costume department was like, the future is just weird angles in clothes? Well, I, think, I think it's an evolution from the, from the what are little girls made of to this one, and then the Klingon outfit, mm. which is just the sash. Yeah. Where yeah we, the... We've eliminated the jumpsuit. And nothing else. That's right. 
I mean, a in smile. certain fan fictions. Hey. hey like Spock smile. Nope, that's next episode. Yeah. Damn it. But I so, want to talk about it so much. I know. So let's, let's, I mean, without, let's, let's skip specifics for the moment on this episode. Let's just talk about the virtual war. The virtual war. Because that is the heart of the matter. And it is so fucking insane. It's very interesting. Like, like Spock admits, like, I understand why you guys do this. I don't necessarily condone it because it's really fucked up. But it's 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 to avoid destroying their civilization. So we're not bombing the planet and ruining buildings and, and like ruining entire culture centers. We're just taking out certain people because the Sims told us to. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I've been told, and I don't know how true this is because I haven't looked it up, but I was told that during World War II, there was a similar situation between the English and the Germans that they were, they would not attack certain parts of the city. I don't know how true that is. I've just heard it. It was told to me by a friend in England that they had a deal that they wouldn't attack certain like cultural sites. Yeah. I mean, because well, I mean, at the end of the day, sort of. I don't know if it was ever a gentleman's agreement or not sort of thing, but usually the point of warfare, you know, before things spiral out, because eventually the Germans just, just bomb the fuck out of London in general. Right. But normally you're going after industrial centers and... Hospitals, You know, s- stuff that are su- directly supporting the war effort, you know, making material and vehicles and things. So because of that, you know, normally St. James Cathedral wouldn't be on the radar anyway because it's nowhere near any of that, things like that. Mm. So, um... You know, that that was sort of part of the controversy of either one or both of the atomic bombs was that the target wasn't really an industrial center at all. It was almost strictly civilian. Well, um, in, in... Kind of fucked with people's In heads. Japan, though, in, in World War II, we had already firebombed the shit out of many, many, many civilian cities. I oh, mean, yeah. We burnt Tokyo to the, to the ground. Oh, yeah, basically. yeah, totally. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't... And and even in Europe, with you know the bombing of Dresden and, yeah. and other things like that, I mean there was some yeah like it eventually like spirals out of control. Yeah. But I feel like at first there's usually this attempt to retain some sort of you know we're going to stick with mostly military stuff, civilian casualties are a side effect sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean by the end, any sort of war just goes to hell. Um, so here's a, here's a question about about taste of Armageddon's. War in that you know it's the two planets it's uh, MNER seven and Vendicar, mm-hmm. and they're you know they just have a computer program saying pawn to this space we've killed you yep in this in this way do they actually have these weapons that could do this or is it just the computer simulation like if they actually were to have a physical real world war. Do they, like, check off, yes, we've built this missile, yes, we've built this rocket, we have them, and then every time they fire them, they get rid of them and put them away. It's like, no, now we don't have them. Oh, we built another one, now we have it back again. Uh, I mean, at the very least, they have some weapons on standby to blow the hell out of their counterpart if they break the deal. Yeah. You know, certainly the the um, head of the Aminiara Council Anon is... Anon 7, wasn't it? Yeah, thank you, Anon 7, was worried that... Vendicard would be retaliating, you know, basically immediately. Right, because their quota was not matching. They were yeah. a couple thousand short. Or so it does sound like they would have had the ability to lob some stuff at one another. Mm. I but mean, it, if they, they also had... haven't done it for 500 years, so they could all be duds. Like, that's that's the best part, is, like, you really have no idea yeah. if what you're dealing with is even legit anymore. Yeah, I mean, they, they certainly keep their stuff maintained, because they did have their big-ass 
you know, suborbital disruptors ready to try to fuck with the Enterprise. Right, right, right. Um, so they probably, you know, they probably keep an eye on it, if nothing else. I don't know. I think it's I think it's an odd balance when you can say we have this much manpower and therefore you've killed some of our manpower, but they don't have they may not they might not may not necessarily have you know the recorded weaponry. Right. Well, and that's another thing I wondered was you know Kirk talks about the horrors of war and one of the horrors of war he mentions is lingering death and it's like the simulations take into account lingering death. You know, it's like well you're on the casualty list because in reality you'd be dead in six months from your injuries or radiation poisoning or is it just this ah. how is the calculation done you know how much does it take into account oh that's a good question I don't know well we know computers are fallible so true as long as Finney's been there now I was thinking that it seems like they're taking essentially a random sampling of society when they decide who were the victims of the attack like you had that woman. Yeah, I wondered that too. Like, why don't they just have, like, okay, we're just going to start killing people from, like, oldest first. Like, those are the victims. See, I felt like because, you know, they they showed where the attack would have been, I would have said, like, anyone who was in this building considered themselves dead. Yeah, that's what I thought, Well, that's what it seemed like, except for some reason the blonde woman was a victim. Yeah, even though she she was in the room with everybody else. The whole time, and none of them were. Maybe she lived in that big apartment building. That they blasted. She wasn't there. She was at work. It seems like you could be a little more strategic in choosing your victims. If you're going to have to choose people to get disintegrated after these attacks, why don't you, like, genetically engineer a race of brain-dead vegetables, right? That that you just really, you know, well, no, but but they don't have a brain. Scientists were so busy. They have, like, a little brain stem. So they have, have, like, autonomic functions. (laughs) Mm. So they're technically alive, but they don't, you know. Yeah, yeah, that just sounds awesome. You awful. can just breed them and just leave them in a corner somewhere until you have an attack. <laughs> it seems like for over five course of 500 years, you'd come up with a, with an interesting plan. If I ever say Jake 2020, remind me about this conversation <laughs> that we just had because, yeah, yikes. I don't know. I'd vote for that. Yeah, I mean, but no, it, it, it's you're right, though, because it does sound like based on what they do say all Vendicar gets are strict numbers. They have no way of knowing if they've zapped the right people or not. So you could totally just fudge it and be I like... I feel like there's gotta be, like, there's gotta be, like, like, coded which person is which. I feel like that has to make sense. That mm-hmm. has to be in there. Otherwise, <clears throat> you could just trade your life for somebody else. That's and true. Say, oh. well, that would be black market showing up. Yeah. Honestly, Oof. fuck the brainless whatevers you said. Why hasn't someone just hacked this fucking thing? <laughs> Kirk figured out how to hack the Kobayashi Maru. Why aren't we? Why aren't we just? Well, he he hacked this as well with a phaser. Yeah, as I say, at this, physically at this stage, hacked away. At this stage in Star Trek, the extent of computer hacking is lighting computers on fire, like which that. Kirk excels at. Was it just me, or did one of the computers in that room look strangely like Landru? It probably was some yeah. of his components. Jake, it was yeah. just a projection. I think, that <laughs> it was, <laughs> I think it was the defense computer. It looked, looked yeah. an awful lot like Landru. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought, thought they were washing machines. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one of them just had a big storage drawer in it, because that's where the computer uh, communicators were being kept. Right. Yeah. That was pretty convenient. But yeah, the, the idea that, I mean, it's a really, really interesting idea, you know, for an episode, this this virtual war yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, because as Kirk mentions at the end, like, if they had been fighting a real physical war, they'd have blown themselves out of out of existence. Yeah. and it, They it, wouldn't it, be able to continue it for 500 years. Yeah, if war is so clinical, it's less horrifying, and therefore you're less likely to want to end it. 
Mm. Uh, and, you know, and there are times, like, in the next episode we'll get to, where, where Kirk gets on his sort of moral high horse giving big speeches, and you're like, I don't know about this, Jim. But this one's like, yeah, no, no, I'm 100% with you. This is insane, and that's exactly why. But you can but you can see how you could go down that path. Oh, yeah, you totally. Know, you can totally. see, you know, the logic that they would have. Oh, well, you know, we don't want to deal with the physical destruction of our civilization, but we have to have a war, so... Well, see, the logical solution is the one that was suggested by, I believe the film is called Robot Jocks, but that might not be the title, where when you want to go to war, you pick a champion, the other country picks a champion, they each get into a gigantic fucking robot, and the robots beat the shit out of each other, and whichever robot beats the shit out of the other better wins, and that's how the war is decided. So it's, it's a like, little a little bit fight with the Gorn, but not quite. So not like quite, Rock'em yeah. Sock'em Robots the movie. Yeah. Hey, so TM. That, oh, that fucking thing where the guys and the big robots and they had to move in concert. Yeah, no, no, that's up Pacific Rim. Oh, that was so oh dumb. Pacific Rim. Oh, the fucking elbow. That. Oh, God, you gotta watch the movie. It's oh. so bad. But I mean, Charlie Day is in it, and bad. Charlie Day it's, is great. It's, it's enjoyable to watch, but I'm just watching it all the <laughs> time. So it's just robots punching Godzilla. And then, like, there's a point in the fucking movie... Spoiler alert, <laughs> where the thing has a, fu- where it has to throw a punch, right? And it needs to throw an extra Swipe. hard punch. So it's like, engage elbow rockets. And there's like a rocket on the back of the elbow. Stop. So the robot's like, stop. Oh, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's not a spoiler. That was in like every other trailer. They loved that image in the marketing department. Yeah, there is a spoiler that I'd love to spoil, but I won't in case you watch it. That it just makes the whole movie completely stupid. I mean,. I'm not going to lie to you, I'm, I'm never going to watch that Okay, movie. well then I will do it. And listeners, if you haven't seen Pacific Rim yet, and you want to, you might skip ahead a couple minutes here and miss the spoiler. Um, so the whole fucking thing of the movie, right, is that it's robots fighting Godzilla, and Godzilla-like Didn't that already creatures. happen? Wasn't there already a Godzilla versus... Yeah, well, it's not, Mecha real, Godzilla. It's not real Godzilla. It's, yeah, it's Godzilla-esque creatures. Cloverfield? And at one point, it's like, oh man, all their weapons are fucked, like... And, uh, you know, it's there, there, there's, there's no hope. And then someone's like, wait a minute, engage sword. <laughs> and they have a fucking sword built into the robot that just, like, activates. And then, so this whole time they've been punching the goddamn things when they had a fucking giant robot sword and they used the sword to cut up the monster. What the fuck, guys? Why wasn't the sword the first thing you did? It really seems like a pretty big oversight. It's a huge oversight. What, did they I mean, not have the manual? I mean, look, it's clearly... There was like a made... giant button on a panel. Like, the biggest button on the panel was like, the sword button. <laughs> look, this was clearly heavily influenced by, like, Japanese Sentai shows. And with those, the question is always just, why don't you just immediately get out your giant robot and step on the bad guy before Rita makes it big? So, I mean, you know, logic Sen- doesn't always... Sentai? That's the word for, like... Those Power Ranger shows. Oh, okay. That we... The, the Sentai shows what we bring over and turn into Power Rangers. I see. I don't know what the hell it literally translates to. That's okay. I just wasn't familiar with the term. 12-year-old me would have loved Pacific Rim. 28 or however old I was at the time when it came out. Year old me thought Pacific Rim was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. More like Pacific Rim job, am I right? <laughs> Nobody's ever made that joke ever. ever. So guaranteed. In the Aminiar Vindicar War. Right? Oh right, <laughs> Star Trek. Um, 
I mean, I'm willing to bet, because we don't know much about, they don't, and maybe, you know, they've forgotten because it's been so long, but I'm willing to bet whatever started this war, it was 1,000% Aminiar's fault. Because those people are assholes. Yeah, they're pretty bad. dicks. What's really interesting, and they don't really get into the history very much, um, is that the they said that the people from Vendikar were originally from Aminiar, and they yeah. they moved there, yeah, and, like then they, they and then they and then something like, must have gone wrong to start this war. These guys are such assholes. Let's find our own planet. It's like uh, the people who left England to come to America. Yeah, or the Vulcans that left Vulcan to become Romulans, the Romulans yeah. and then become bigger assholes than the Vulcans. Because there's this whole, what is it? There's this one moment where the head of the council is, um, he's saying something. And on seven? Yeah, and I'm trying to find the fucking line because I wrote it down. And he's, oh yeah, he's talking about like, you know, oh, should we, you know, should we rely on deception or total honesty? And it's like, why are you asking now? <laughs> All you've done this whole time is deceive or lie by omission or... Or, or disguise your voice as Captain yeah. Kirk. Yeah, like these people are professional dickheads. And props to McCoy, not McCoy, who figured Scotty. it out? Scotty. Scotty. Scotty figured it out immediately saying that's that's not the captain. The captain no. isn't talking to oh, us right now. S- Scotty was on fire this episode. Yeah, no, Scotty. Hot dog. Scotty not, was disobeying orders. Not, not just in figuring out like he didn't buy that fake voice thing for a second. But then when, when Fox came up and was like, well, you heard the man. They said it was all a misunderstanding. Let's drop the shields and be friends. Fuck no. By way of a brief Fuck ex- no, Fox. By way of brief explanation at that point, the... What the fuck are they called? The Miniarians. Yeah, the Miniarians had fired on the ship. Yeah. Uh, and they had Whoops, put up well, shields. We thought you were a fly. Yeah, and then they made a phone call and were like, Oh, dear me. Sorry about that, old chap. Simple, simple misunderstanding. And, you know, and Computer so- mislabeled you as an enemy. So, you know what? You know what I think Fox should have fucking done when they did that is say, "So why did you disguise your voice and act like Kirk?" Because they yeah. never ask. It doesn't come up again. Scotty brought it up actually when he to, was to arguing whom? with Fox. Yeah, but he's they like, didn't ask fucking. Did fucking Fox know about it though? He wasn't there, was he? Because I, he I wasn't sort there, of but McCoy I figured, did. I figured somebody would have told McCoy him. And well, McCoy and Scott were both there. McCoy and Scott probably didn't want to invite meddling. Like Scott mm. seems like he's in charge. Probably wanted to. I mean, knowledge is power, right? And Scott. You know, Mr. Scott is, like, taking care of business, so I would guess that he doesn't want to tell Fox what's been going on because Maybe. he wants Fox to keep his fucking nose out of it. Cause he's yeah, like, but Fox has, has you know, seniority over him. He has power over whatever and can, like, decide what the fuck he wants. But and, and Scott has the power to shut him down. Fox, I mean, yeah, exactly. So Scott, like, standing up that of, guy, like, setting his marshal. haggis on fire. And <laughs> that was yeah. an amazing line. Haggis is, haggis is really in the fire. You know what internet tells me? What? Thank you, internet. Is that when Dewan was with the Royal Canadian Artillery, he had to say no to a commanding officer who would have, like, given him orders to do something potentially disastrous and risked a uh, court-martial. But he said, no, sir, I'm not doing that that could, thing that could kill our men. Good for James And Dewan. he got to do it again in this episode. So he was drawing on, drawing on some real-life experience yeah, there. Yeah, crazy times, crazy times. He was in fucking D-Day. Yeah. Which is terrifying yeah, as hell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good God. Yeah, we watched Private Ryan. We did. Oh, I'm still traumatized by everything. She'd never seen it. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Yeah, really? It's on, yeah. it's on Fucking Netflix. Private Ryan, you douchebag. See, what is... Hey, I got a number. How you like them apples? <laughs> Fuck you, Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Same movie. Private Ryan, that's a, that's, that's a really good movie. It's, it's right up there with Gladiator in terms of movies that I enjoy. 
Of which there are two. <laughs> um, oh, God. So there, there was a bit in this, which I quite loved, where Spock... Is it Jim or Spock that gives the order, you know, to keep... Keep this young woman from immolating herself. Spock. Oh, yeah, it was Spock, because Jim was already yeah, 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 in, that's what in, I thought. Uh, in their hands. Hold her down, sit on her and, if you have to. And I was like, now, just looking at them, it looks like Blondie there is, is quite a bit taller than than the yeoman. Yeoman Tamara. Like, thank you, yeoman Tamara. I just feel like, even if Tamara did sit on her, Blondie could probably just, like, overpower her just based on sheer body. I weight. have to kill myself! I yeah! must die! That would have been sexy as hell, though, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised. I wasn't the only one that was like, whoa, we're going to do some sitting on each other, I see, huh? Yikes. Really? Really? Yes. <laughs> timbers. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. That, her, her, uh, we never really heard from her again after that, did we? The... Tamara or, Ma- or uh, What's Maya? What's lady? Maya six Three or, or twelve. They're weird number names. Her, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause... I was surprised we didn't get a, you can't save me, I'm already dead, from her. <laughs> That well, would have been appropriate. I, I'm surprised we didn't get like a little final moment between her and Kirk or something. It felt and a makeout like, scene? Yeah, or at least like a, oh, a reticent uh, thank you kind of moment. What? Uh, I was just coming up with a porno. The, like, Don't. Where it could be like, this is technically necrophilia. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. I also loved how dis- how uh, flammable the disintegration chambers were. <laughs> like, they'd shoot them with the guns, and then they would just sit there and burn. Yeah. <laughs> like, those things aren't made of metal. No, I mean, you, got, you have to disintegrate in them, so. They're powered by kerosene. That's your, that's your first problem oh, right there. God. I noticed that one of the ladies that was waiting in line for disintegration... Her hat had a hole in the top, and her hair was kind of like kind of oh, like volcano right. yeah, yeah, shaped. Cool. Hat. It was cool. pretty cool. Should have cool. been more of that, and less of the rhino echidna dick hats. Rhinocetop. Yeah. Yeah. Rhinocetop. Oh dear. But yeah, no, the the, the Arians are just like the worst. You know what I thought was uh, was very odd. So they, you know, when we first meet them, and they're saying, "Oh, we've experienced this tragedy. Like a half million people of, our, of ours has just died," and Kirk is like checking his his stats he's like huh i don't see a half a million people who just died hey people up on the enterprise do you see a half a million people who've just died and everyone all the the Iminiarians are just standing around like oh wonder what they're doing they're talking about us but we don't care now <laughs> instead of telling them oh it's fucking computers yeah. guys by the way it's a virtual reality war we're playing Done. fun video yeah they right wait now. until it's too late to tell people what's going on yeah you know, if they had just, rather than just beaming up, like, apparently before they killed the crew of the Valiant 50 years ago, they learned Starfleet or Federation communication codes, because they were sending out the code for stay the fuck away from our planet. Mm. Hmm. You know, maybe instead of doing that, you just send them out and be like, look, we're in the middle of a big fuck-off war, you might get caught in the middle, and yes, it's virtual, leave us alone, you weird fuckers. But hmm. isn't the whole point of the don't come near our planet code that you would just not go near the planet? But then when they do still come near your yeah, planet, because maybe Fox you fall back ass. on. Yeah, because Fox is a bell end. They should have fallen back on, you know, all right, fine, they're here, we might as well call them. Or when they beamed down, you're like, all right, you're here, look, here's what's happening, now leave, quickly. Yeah, get out before your ship gets blown up. Well, it's in their interest to, you know, let them stay and get killed, isn't it? Because then that's, you know, 504 men and women, or whatever it is, who don't die on their planet. Now, what I don't understand, though, is how did, what weapon were they, they said what weapon hit the Enterprise, but why didn't the shields protect the Enterprise from the weapon? 
Because they weren't able to destroy the Enterprise. What, the, the, the fake weapon? Yeah. The virtual so reality do, so weapon? So do, do defenses have no effect with the fake weapons? Well, that's actually, that's a good point. What do they even know about the Enterprise's defenses? How can they be sure it couldn't have withstood a tricobalt well, yeah, mine? That, if, that, if I was Kirk, I'd be like, oh, we got hit by a tricobalt explosive? Well, our shields are specifically designed to protect us? That could be the... That could exactly be the one of those that's key fights. You, that's how you solve the war. That's it's the like, might maneuver right there. Yeah, we we got uh we had um we have all this corbomite on board, yeah. so we would have blown up and killed everyone. Tons of Do you really want to go down this route, guys? <laughs> um, or like I said, like children in a playground. It's like I shot you. No, I have special armor. You didn't mention that earlier. Well, you didn't ask. <laughs> Speaking about um, corbomite and bluffing, I was totally expecting General Order Twenty Four to be a bluff. Me too. But it turns out Starfleet's General Order Twenty Four actually is. Sterilize the planet, which wow. is horrifying. Like, of like, like they were you as they were figuring be a out their number, right? As they were figuring out their yeah. general orders, they they only got to twenty four before they're like, oh, sterilize the planet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, never know when you might have to do that. It comes up a lot, you know. Yeah, no, like you, I was waiting for it to be, like, either that there was no such thing or that it was something else entirely, not have we mentioned that we have the power to destroy the surface of your world. Yeah, and, you know, and I, you know, I kind of was expecting Scotty, like, I was expecting the last joke in the episode to be like, how'd you know what I meant when I said General Order 24? And Scotty be like, oh, I've been around the haggis a bit. No, I've been no, around no. the haggis a bit. Well, Captain, I figured you had to be up to something since there's no need to repaint the entire ship right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, but, I, I'm, I'm a little, I have a note about that, too, about the fact that this is, this is a very... This is a very militant version of Starfleet in this episode. Because not only do they have General Order 24, like, everyone is so... Even Doc at one point, before I think Kirk has given General Order 24, is talking about, you know, we could just fucking level the whole surface if we wanted. It's like, Jesus, and you're a doctor on top Mm. of being a Starfleet guy. Chill. Well, Kirk specifically says, like, I could... What was he saying when he said it was like, I could single-handedly kill everyone on, on your fucking planet? Yeah, not, not, even, with a gun. not even using the Enterprise. I could do it myself. Why do you think I'm bluffing? Yeah. Yeah. But well, he wasn't bluffing. He was actually being... He would have killed everyone. And then he gets overpowered in two seconds. Anyway. Yeah. It took three guys, though. It no, it, well, guys. Anon 7 wasn't really helping. It no, was he just, was standing. No, no, there were, there, I thought there were three guards. No, there were two no, guards. Two guards. Oh. You know what? I, I've been thinking an awful, awful lot. They lose control or lose possession of their uh, of their uh, communicators all too fucking frequently. Oh, all the time. All the fucking time. You'd think they'd have, like, something built in at this point. Like, at a, this point, like a piece of jewelry they well, wear on their shirt? Even the piece of jewelry, like, if you were, if you <laughs> took your shirt off, you'd lose it, so that could happen. I would, like, why not like brain just chip. have... Good at brain chip technology Brain chip. Like, like, by <laughs> then there too. has to be that. We, uh, yeah. We, we actually, we, we talked about this in, uh, I think, either the first or second episode. Mm. Well, my communicator we, was taken at that point. So. We talked. Well, we talked about the same thing about having like why don't it be implantable? And uh, they've even had examples of implantable communicators before. So why they always rely on a either big, a big like honking device that you can't be holding at all times? Yeah, or again a piece of jewelry which you can leave on your shirt, or which is very easily plucked off by an enemy. I don't think like a suppository <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because no alien's gonna check there. Yeah, or at least you know to, to equip them with a wire whenever they go somewhere. A Viridian mean, patch, a handy homing yeah. beacon, as we find out in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Like it does feel like with all their tech, they 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 could have some sort of solution that's a little less 
easily confiscated. But then again, plot. So. Not even right. confiscated, but they leave them. They leave them around all the time. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking I weird. mean, you telling me you've never left your cell phone anyplace? I I don't rely on my cell phone ninety five percent of the time. Oh. I still have a flip phone. So That's fuck true. you guys. Now, sure, yours looks more like a communicator still. So you win. <laughs> you win that war. Mm. Oh oh, I want I wanted to bring this this one up. Spock is telepathic now. Oh, that! Oh, yeah. How did I forget about that? Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's he can read. Meld. He can read read minds through a fucking door or a wall. Well, he or can something. control minds. Through yeah, he can like influence people. Yeah, like, what? So, to like come in all unaware. It's like, why am I going into this room? I feel like I have to go into this room now. Here I am. Oh, it was you guys all along, of course. Maybe maybe what it was. He's like, man, I can hear somebody tapping on the door. I'm gonna find out what they're doing. In there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going? Oh, fuck! No. God damn it! <laughs> Yeah, my, my comment at the time, because it seems every episode Spock has a new fucking superpower. Because, mm. you know, he can do the, the mind meld, he can do the, the neck pinch, he can do all these freaking things. He's super fucking strong, stronger than anybody, apparently. And now he has telepathic control powers. Is My comment was that if, if he were, like, a role-playing character, he would have maxed out all of his traits except for empathy at this point. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, th- I think... I don't think we ever see this again from him. I think from here on out, it sort of becomes so Vulcan like, telepathy relies on direct physical contact, like the weird, mind meld. Weird, weird, weird. Yeah, but you can download your entire brain into another person in like half a second. Yeah, no, the the uh, download upload speeds with them are amazing. Yeah. Thanks, Fios. <laughs> <laughs> Spock's line, um, sir, there is a multi-legged creature crawling on your shoulder. Yeah. Was I don't know. I don't know if it was really dumb or really great. No, it was definitely yeah. dumb. But it was. It was great. It was great. It was great dumbness. Oh, note I had was uh, again credit to lip syncing in this episode. Yeah. When the guy was faking Kirk. Non seven. Yeah, when Non seven was faking B and Kirk, and they showed him talking like just like when mm-hmm. Ruck was was imitating people. Like the lip sync was perfect. Mm, it was really spot on. Mm. Yeah, like I don't know who was in charge of. Teaching people how to lip sync on that lot, but holy shit, that was uh, that was do th- impressive. Do you think they had somebody on set specifically to, to do that? Yes, yes. This was the heyday of Paramount, after all. I don't know what I'm talking about. Good. Well, we oh, don't... good. When uh, when they were hiding in the corridor. And they all sort of just jumped to the side. Oh, yeah. and, and the yeoman stuck her head behind Spock. Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice that because I, I noticed Spock's leg was yeah, still sticking Yeah, I noticed that Spock, Spock oh, I was not that. well concealed. He was still in the hallway. Oh, so I didn't see that because I was just too, like, everyone else just kind of pins against the wall. The yeoman pins against the wall and hides her head in a crook between the wall and Nimoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you are wearing a bright red dress. If they see that, your head being behind Spock isn't going to change a damn thing. Mm. Very ostrich-like. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. a, it was an amusing bit of blocking. If you can't see my head, I do. I you cannot see me. Yes, exactly. It's cat logic too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Anything else on uh, Armageddon? I can't wait until it comes to the Oculus Rift. Hmm. I thought it was like a pretty okay episode, but I, I like oh it. yeah, no, really yeah, good. Yeah. I thought it was a very the, good the sci-fi really cool. story. Yeah, I the, think the tension was good. There it was, was a lot of good tension. I thought. Yeah, and unlike uh, some of the earlier episodes, a good balance between stuff on planet and stuff on ship. Like, yeah. both sides felt necessary, and both sides felt like they were getting the right amount of time 
allotted to them. I disagree because McCoy and Scott should have been the whole fucking episode. Nah, they I loved them together. They were, they were sassy. Oh, that, they was, were that was good. But always leave them wanting more, as the magicians say. That's true. Mm. What were you gonna say, Jake? I totally cut you off. I didn't. I was. I was just agreeing. I was just concurring. Oh. I should have concurred. I don't remember then. Okay. Cool. Sorry. So, um, spores, 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 and more. Spores. Ah, yes, the Spain. tale of the jizz blossoms. Yes, Spock got to plant his space seed. I thought, oh. I thought they, I thought the, the spores looked more like confetti, and and it was yeah. like a celebration. <laughs> it was like party pop. Happy New Year! <laughs> that was true. actually my note when he got hit. Was I hate confetti? <laughs> I didn't want to come to this party anyway. Uh, you'd think the botanist Sulu, being the first person to spy the flowers, would have been like, hmm, this is an interesting plant. Thank you. I said the same thing. He's like, gosh, I don't know if I'd notice anything was amiss if it was two feet from me. And I was like, I was like, Sulu, fucking botanist Sulu, there's a big fucking stupid flower right next to you. Why aren't you looking at and it? And it's turning and, and walking toward you. <laughs> <laughs> That's later, but yes. Oh, that looks No, it did. It turned while he was sitting outside oh, it the did? barn. I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, the plant actually like turned its its Tenders. flowery bits uh towards Sulu as if ready to like to like Jizz. pounce that there's stamen. I don't even know. Maybe plant ish. parts, pistols, pistols, yeah. whips, ooh, chains. Mm, getting kinky. <laughs> much like much like Spock does in this episode, am I right? Mm. Yeah, boy, Spock. Spock Spots. was good. Spock did that one on face. So nom. So okay, now this actually totally doesn't work, but Go I'm gonna on. say it anyway because I love it in my heart as a theory. She said, you know, she hadn't seen Spock for Layla, six years. Right? Layla. Layla. Yeah, Layla Colomi for six years, right? Mm-hmm. Was it six or was it three? Six. six. No, okay, we've been on the planet for three. Oh, okay, that's what four. They've been on the planet four, I think. They left Earth four years ago. Oh, okay. Ago. Yeah, it took no, a year you're to right. Get that you're day. right. Sorry, sorry. So it's been six years since she saw Spock, right? Mm-hmm. Next season has a muck time, the which will have been seven episode. years. So six years ago was the last time Spock needed a bit of the hey, hey. Hand rubbing. I know she said he never even put her arms around her, but I don't care. I want to imagine they fucked. Well, maybe, you don't need well, to maybe. put your arms around someone to do that. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, my. Thank you, Caitlin. Um, maybe Thank Spock you, was just giving off, you know, mad pheromones and she yeah. picked up on it. Maybe. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, she picked up on it, all right. But yeah, I mean, again, I know Amok Time hadn't even been written yet. That rule hadn't been established. I don't care. The timing works, and that makes my heart happy. Yeah, hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I can add that to my headcanon. That's fine. I was going to say, but also, they may have made it seven years because someone was like, remember that episode, The Sign of Paradise, with Spock and that girlfriend? <laughs> 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 Wouldn't it be great if we retconned them into totally boning? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 like I do with ladies, obviously. <laughs> oh. Sorry, nerds. Poor nerds. So the yeah, episode opens. Other people. <laughs> <laughs> so the episode opens, right? What I love about it is it opens with the tense music playing already, and we have no idea why. And then they show the planet, and the tense music builds, up, and it just stops. And then we start to get the background, and it's like that music seemed really out of place. I mean, when we're when we're going to the planet, and because we we know that the colonists are supposedly dead. It's like you're you're geared up for for something bad. Oh, but it's even before before he's even like explain, uh, like the very opening is okay, just okay. open on the bridge. No one has said anything. Tense music. They and want you like, to know that it was bad shit. 
And it's like, and then it just cuts to a yellow planet. And kind of looked like, like Jupiter. Did anybody think, else think it looked like Jupiter with some kind of weird color overlay? Well, you guys would yeah, have had ours, a different. different uh, right. Oh yeah, ours was ours looked like a, like an Earth-like <laughs> yeah. planet that glowed teal. Yeah, ours yeah, teal. actually. It was... It's amusingly with our version, the original special effects when they were approaching and leaving the planet, it was yellow, but when they were orbiting it, it was green. Hmm. So oh, I didn't slight catch that. continuity error. Well, it's yeah. lemon and lime. Whatever. Ah, the sprite world. Yes, I'd Every, go to everyone world. was very sprightly there. True. All in very good health. See, here's the funny thing. Like, I didn't notice that they were, you know, supposed to be really perky because they're under the influence of the sports. They're supposed to be perky, positive, peaceful people. All the peas. All the peas. All of them. But they just seemed like they were acting like people until we started blasting people with the flower spores. And then Spock was fucking weird, and McCoy was fucking weird. And Fuck. everyone I say, really I weird. say, the good doctor. But Jim I feel Bullet. like when we saw like the the rest of the planet people, they weren't that weird. Well, they had a longer time to acclimate to the behavior induced upon them by the spores. Well, Thank also, you, Doc. We had also just come pretty recently from the 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 Landrew episode, so yeah. I think like it if, was they, a lot if they had gone like full cultist again, it just would have felt... It would have stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah, as it is, we've got yet another case of... Super happy people. Cultiness. It's a bit of space madness. It's a bit culty all at once. Uh, sort of a burrito of both. Uh, but it's good, though. I mean, I think it's also nice that you've got this situation, and for once you don't have, like, they beam down and immediately alarms are going off because people are too, like... You know, weird smile and slightly tilted head and glassy eyes. Like, it's enough to know that you shouldn't be alive, and that's what's wrong. You know, that's why Kirk and crew are confused. Uh, Although Sulu, based on his comment, is 1,000% ready to just accept that they're zombies. Hmm. Like, are you sure he's alive? (laughs) (laughs) And no one one else questions that either. It's like, no, I mean, he had a pulse. He was warm. Like, so... He could have been a robot, or he could have been, you know, one of those critters from What Little Girls Are Made Of. Yeah, but they were they were totally ready to accept that it could have been some kind of freaky space bullshit. And I appreciate that. I mean, how often has that been true? Enough. Mm. Oh, also, dragons are real, apparently, in the world of Star Trek, which is exciting. Yeah. Spock mentions having seen dragons, and it's like, where's that episode? <laughs> Can that uh, be in the next we, movie? We didn't have the budget for that. Mm. Yeah. We, we tried. About it the was Gorn. the Gorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. I want, I want the, next, uh, the next movie to have Chris Pine riding a dragon in the I battle don't. against Klingons. No. And Scott clinging to its tail and calling it Lassie a lot. <laughs> oh, Lassie. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy shit. Sad when He's going to be all right. <laughs> Just, you know. Yeah, it's like um, it's like it's like uh, the the donkey dragon romance in Shrek, you know, hmm. but with Scotty. Oh, okay, that I could get behind. Yeah, oh. and then they have weird little half Scotty, half dragon babies, and you know, everything in the world is awful. Plus, you know, if that got made, if if Kirk was riding a dragon into battle, which again would be amazing, within ten minutes, YouTube would have mashups of all the scenes of Kirk on a dragon with the never-ending story theme. Oh, man. This just keeps getting better. Paramount, for Christ's sakes, please be listening. Steal this idea. Please. As long as he's listening to the Beastie Boys while he's doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is classical music. Yeah. (laughs) Vomit everywhere. Oh, God. I have a very important note here with three (gasps) asterisks on either side, which says, talk about Spock's junk. 
What so, was going on with Spock's junk? Well, so nothing actually goes on with Spock's junk, but piggy, piggybacking off of... Well, okay. not everybody keeps their junk in the same hmm? trunk. Thank you. So, like, piggybacking on Chris's idea that he and Layla totally got in the bone zone together. He I got Layla'd. Layla'd. Oh, no. Um, that was awful. <clears throat> yeah, Wouldn't it be more like Laidla? Mm. Portmanteau is awful. Mm. Um, at least these ones are. But, so, like, Spock is like a, Spock's like a test tube baby, right? We haven't got to that yet, but he, in theory, was a test tube baby, and we know that he, in theory, has, he has the equipment. But is it, like, people equipment, or is it, like, Vulcan equipment? It's pointier. Chris actually said he has pointed ears. (laughs) It's just little ears flanking it. (laughs) Oh, no, little pointy ears. Anyway, that's all. Just wanted you to know that I was thinking about Spock's junk during this episode. Well, the, the um, test hopefully tube... it didn't look like the fucking rhinocetops hats. <laughs> the test tube baby thing comes from a source that isn't necessarily canonical is the only thing. But the implication even there was that the components are compatible. There's just something wrong with the chemistry between the sources of DNA. Like horses mm. and zebras. Can they not... Um... I don't think so. Yeah, so it's like that. There but we go. the thing is, is if the DNA is just not compatible, putting them in a test tube isn't going to fix that. Well, apparently it's if just... you put them in a test tube and zap them with it's something... It's just maybe. compatible enough that it's doable, is the idea. I, I just learned that blue whales and fin whales can make hybrids. Interesting. Are, how big are fin whales, though? Pretty Compared fu- to no, a blue whale. Not blue as, whales but are like still the big. biggest thing ever, right? Blue whales are the biggest fucking thing You know what ever. they make when they when they produce offspring? Bluefin tuna. Hey, ah. no. Delicious. <laughs> How the... F- whale sex must be needlessly complicated. It's big. <laughs> well, I wonder, if, I wonder if they're packed. <laughs> and they never call... They never call until they send a probe out 400 years later. (laughs) Hey, how's it? Did we have a kid? (laughs) (laughs) Did you know the 30th anniversary of that film passed recently? Did it? It Yeah. Did. Yeah, I saw that on the internet. I found a, uh, I don't know if it was a fan creation of the full thing or something from the soundtrack or something, but I found a full version of the song on the bus. On YouTube, posted on the Facebook page. The punk rock song? Yeah. Nice. Mm, that's too bad. Sure, it's great. Mm-hmm. As a parody, it works very well. Speaking of animals, I guess, <laughs> we learned there are no animals on on the surface of uh, Omicron Steady 3. Yeah, presumably. Because, because they would have died from the Berthold rays, presumably. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah I guess yeah, the... Not, the even, not even the insects, we yeah. learn. Which is odd, because otherwise, how are all of your plants getting germinated and shit, but mm. all right, all right, I'll, f- I'll follow you for now, well, spores and such. So you figure the native plant life evolved on the world already dealing with... Berthold rays. Berthold rays. Well, and, that's yeah. why they, and that's why they shoot their spores, probably. That's probably the initial reason. Is so well, no, they they, can... but they say that the, the, the flowers, the, the spore the spore bearing alien flowers... They came, came from, from space. space. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, they did that. They, they said that. But yeah, so any native plant life just evolved under those conditions and somehow... Either self-pollinates or has a different method that we don't, you know, aren't familiar with because we've got bees for now. Yeah, well, then the then the colonists bring their own well, so those garden ones, though, they can just manually deal with. You figure anything they hmm. brought with them? Maybe I don't know. I don't know enough about how how to make gardens work. Yeah, me neither. But I assume I'm sure if you really want. Listen, the soil is perfect. That's all you need to worry about. Don't <laughs> worry about perfect. anything else. The, the soil, soil is perfect, and they've got their appendix back. 
<laughs> yep, yep. And Doc got his uh, his tonsils back. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. He's yeah. going to have him out again, probably. So here's something that I had a thought about in this episode. Yes. Is that it seems like they have discovered a miracle cure that can cure anything, even yeah. missing organs. True. Mm. And the effects don't go away when once the... Side effects are gone. Once the side effects are gone. So basically... Take those plants, you know, you got somebody that's got, like, the worst fucking disease, yeah. you know, every cancer. You just walk up to them, you shoot them in the face with the spores. And you insult their mother for a let while. Them, let them hang out for a little while. They get all completely cured, and then you go in there and, you know, call them a fucking... Yeah. Can I say that, that the, the fact that violent, aggressive thoughts are the things that, that cure you of spores seemed, A, dumb... And B was just the fucking cage all over again. Mm. It's true. Yeah, that is sort of a, a, a recurring you know, theme. You know what I saw? That's uh, that the, those plants were originally from Telos. There you Maybe. go. Uh, apparently, in the original script, the antidote was supposed to be alcohol. Oh. So, so Doc drinks his, his <laughs> <Yeah>. julep? <laughs> and he's like, wait a minute, why am I drinking this Now, this is a powerful midget, you fucking pieces! I, I did love uh, Bones in this episode. This was a fantastic Bones episode. It really, yeah, was, it really good. was I liked how when he snapped out of it, I wasn't entirely sure that he had gotten like the low frequency signal or whatever it was, and that he just snapped out of it on his own when that guy came <laughs> over to him, and he was just aggravated that that man was talking to him. Well, he was no, he was telling him, "You can't be a doctor on our planet." Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, "What do you mean I can't be a doctor?" Fuck you, man. <laughs> You know what? Screw these spores. <laughs> and screw this drink. <laughs> Throw it out. Oh, like dirty he did, fucking dishwater. He, he did get in that. He got, gets in the fight with the guy who tells him he can't be a doctor. Doesn't spill his drink in the fight at all. That would be alcohol abuse, Ames. Yeah. And then he th- but then he throws the drink away. Well, because oh. you realize the drink was like two thirds a house plant and one third a fucking orange. <laughs> well, right. Like it wasn't even like a wedge. That was like just a whole orange jam. Where do you and get the one percent spores? Yeah, he did say they had grains there, so, so he, he fermented <laughs> and distilled grains somebody, in an afternoon. Somebody else, else could have done it. They had at least one hipster in the colony okay. who was making his own Maybe. craft whiskey. Own whiskey. Bathtub gin. Oh God. So we were talking about me and Kevin Thomas a bit earlier, sort of it seems like as far as sort of risks, th- threats go, this one, you kind of feel like, do you really want to run away from this? Is it that bad to be a lotus eater? And I'm amazed yeah. lotus eater didn't come up, by the way. What I is was that? I've never heard it. that term. What's lotus eater? Uh, it is from Maybe this is why it didn't come up. Odyssey? Uh, one of the many, yeah, it's the Odyssey, because one of the many islands that takes away yet another chunk of Odysseus's crew is the uh, island of the lotus eaters. And they sit around and they eat these plants that make them wicked, content, and chill. But they also don't want to do anything. Oh. So, like, they don't want to leave the island. And Odysseus like, we gotta go. We gotta go home now. And they're like, fuck this. We got these plants. This is great. So I was waiting the whole time for a Lotus Eater reference. And the fact that it didn't come was like, what, really? Hmm. It was obviously inspired by the by that story. Yeah, I mean, if not, it's a fuck of a coincidence. Do you think they were baking the lotuses into brownies? Definitely. Good. Mm. Cool. Tricks in the butter. That's what it is. <laughs> Where Kirk is like, we need strife and this and that and want. And you're just like, I mean, yes, but do we? I mean, if, if 
I get that you need your crew to come back because your ship's going to plummet in the atmosphere and chances are land on the colony. Was That wasn't another decaying orbit in this one. It would have been I'm eventually. Sure, I'm sure it would have been eventually. He said it would have. He said that the ship could have been up there for like a month. <laughs> or several months or something. Yeah. Although that may have just been his supplies. I don't even know about. Maybe. I don't know. I got I the impression that it would, that it would crash on the planet. But. Yeah. But you're sitting there, it's like, I don't know. But I was thinking about it some more. I was like, well, in reality, that colony was fucked. Because they were saying they were making just enough to sustain themselves. Right, so, they, why, why have want to do more? Right. So in theory, if they ever had like a blight or a freak weather thing or something, and they there didn't are no have blights, reserves, there's no insects. They have regular well, rain like a, all a, the time. A disease, though. Well, even if there was a disease, uh, can they die of starvation? Or would the lotus plants you know, or the flowers just oh take God, care of them? Yeah, horrible. you're onto something just, good there. They're they're perpetually starving, but not dead. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah, it was a... That sounds yeah, awful. It would, it would eventually become a curse. Yes. Yes, living death. Mm-hmm. On that uplifting note. On that uplifting note. <laughs> I really liked Layla's theme. I feel yeah, like she got a nice, nice, yeah, a nice that piece of That one comes back music. a few times. Yeah, was it the same as Ruth on uh, Shore Leave? Was that the same theme? Oh, I don't know. I know, but I know that, that that's one of the common, like, classic Star Trek themes. The do-do-do-do-do-do. That one? Mm. Yeah. Well, I really liked it for Layla. I felt like they played it for Layla every time, and yeah. I loved it every time. Hmm. I love how being content in the world made Spock fucking dangle from trees. I know. Well, mm-hmm. I think it was just like I think it was an explosion of. Well, I think he. I think he'd he, never been happy before. Yeah, this he's never been testing out so happy. So he's like, yeah. let's let's do let's play on the monkey bars, and Layla's like, oh Jesus, this guy's a fucking child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't cut away from him being like, for the first time in my life, I was happy, and the crew is like, <laughs> like that was the laugh line. That was the last <laughs> joke. Yeah, like, way to go, buddy. Or even better, they just cut back to Kirk and McCoy, who both look sort of horrified. And you're like, Jesus. Dog <laughs> it just cuts. Dog passes him a mint julep. <laughs> wow, now I feel kind of shitty for all the times I've razzed you. This is awkward. I really wanted Spock to be sent to bring McCoy out of it. That would have been great. Because I feel like we could have gotten like, you know, now you listen here, you green-blooded hobgoblin, and then Spock's like, no, Doctor, it was necessary to you know make you angry, da-da-da, and then... McCoy just cold clocks him. There's, there's, there's another thought I had too. Kirk like knows that Spock is crazy strong, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's start there. Let's well, yeah. let's antagonize him. Why not start with someone you know you can take, and then have two or three of you to deal with Spock? Yeah, so, well, because I think you know, he, he wanted Spock specifically so he could create the thing that will unleash it on everybody. Oh yeah, no, I, I get that. And turn but... it into a weird red hour moment on the on the planet, which was strange. Yeah. I really wish they'd had the budget to like show us more because he. Right there, the whole crew of the Enterprise and the colonists are there getting pissed and kicking the shit out of each other. Like yeah, until they realize, oh wait, we can piss, we can kick the piss out of each other again. We're cured. Hooray! I guess. Hooray! My arm. But I get that. But he still could have like done it in steps. You know, like all right, step one, get some help. Step two, get Spock with the help. Step three, Spock makes thing. Instead, he's just like nah. I'll get my ass kicked. It'll be fine. <laughs> I've got to get his metal bat and antagonize Spock. Uh, although this was the second freaking time that fucking harassing Spock has uh, has broken like something from happening. Because we saw it also in um, What Little Girls Are Made Of when, yep. when clone Kirk didn't know the, the 
insulting Spock wasn't a thing you do. Yeah, no, unless you need to snap him out of a lotus haze. Apparently. I liked some of the insults. I wrote some down. Mm. An elf with a hyperactive thyroid. (laughs) (laughs) Simpering devil-eared freak. Nice. Kirk is clever on that. Kirk has a capacity for cruelty. Then he's like, oh no, believe me, Spock, it gave me pain <laughs> so, did, so did you oh he broke everything in the transporter room which was made of paper and cardboard <laughs> yeah. so i think we can't we can't discuss this episode with and let this pass this was the sabotage episode mm, i did hear it oh he said it and it just i was so excited and so happy it would have been really funny if they had just dubbed over that word later with like obviously someone else like mccoy <laughs> mm. sabotage <laughs> Dinosaurs. <laughs> Just in the middle of the line otherwise. I see, I see. Oh god, so another thing. Uh Lieutenant Leslie got lines. He did. And yeah, he I told Kirk really, to fuck off. Yeah, and I was really caught off guard because I was expecting a much deeper voice. <laughs> like for a guy with a really square head, he's got a really higher voice than you'd expect. Wow. Those he's, square he's, head men in there. You ex- voices. Well, because he, he looks like a, you know, he's got a square, he's got big shoulders, he's like this big lungs reverberate like, I'm Lieutenant Leslie. Instead he sounds kind of, you know, Now, like, now, Captain, <laughs> we're doing a mutiny. That's right, it is mutiny, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, he's not Mickey Mouse, but he's, he's a, you know, more in the nasally range like I am, which caught me completely off guard. It shattered so many beliefs and ruined a few fan fictions. That's true, you too could be a lieutenant. Mm. Did, you, did, you, did you want Leslie to whisper sweet? Deep nothings into your ear. Well, yeah, because you get that vibration on the lobe, mm. and it's like, ooh. Yeah, that's nice. weird. You guys are getting I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> no, so so we have we have everyone on on the Enterprise has been affected by the spores because they beamed a whole fucking bunch of plants up there, and they got in the ventilation. And yeah, so the, all the spores get in the ventilation, and it somehow Kirk doesn't fucking get it. Get infected until one blasts him in the face. Well, and he was right next to Sulu and yeah, Blue how Shirt. Did... I was waiting for some aspect of him to be like special. Yeah, that yeah, I was waiting really for that explained, too. Like yeah. why he seemed to be immune. From he didn't a while. get shot in the face with it. But he was. Yeah, but no one else on the Enterprise did because even... they got through the vents. He was yeah. trying to even ask McCoy why, like, why would I be? Well, immune? McCoy, McCoy did was having none of it because he was too yeah, busy but, being but, happy. But Kirk thought that he was immune until he got blasted in the face by the the plant that he threw. Yeah, I thought he was gonna punch it. Maybe it was the kind of thing where you have to build a tolerance before you exhibit the allergy. Maybe. Maybe just something about the whatever it is that makes a man worthy to be a captain. There it is. Gives him the sort of. Bulwark against that kind of nonsense until he gets, you know, shot twice and exposed to a saturated atmosphere. I think you're right. Yeah, because we learned that everybody else on the Enterprise got infected by the spores making it into the ventilation. Yeah. Like, I'm sure a few people, I'm sure the first poor bastard that teleported up a bunch of them were like, what's this ugly? (laughs) Oh, happy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was going to make another Jurassic Park reference, but... Oh, you should have like that scene where that dinosaur with its pretty red and orange frilly majig spits in Newman's face. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh Dennis Nedry. Yeah. It's yeah. like that. Dennis uh, Nedry making it back. Yeah. Making it back into the episode. Welcome looking, back. Looking I, I feel like in. I think I've actually honestly mentioned Jurassic Park in more than half of these episodes. It's a, it's a touchstone <laughs> for a generation. being mentioned. That's true. We, we learned that uh, you wouldn't be able to pronounce Spock's other name. 
Nope. Which comes out of true. fucking nowhere for me. Did it? Did, did she ask earlier in the episode, Spock, your name is Spock. What's your last name, Spock? You're not going to tell me your last name? Yeah, oh, no. Well. It's and like, then out of nowhere, oh, I don't know your other name. And he's like, you, you, you couldn't possibly say it, lady. Yeah. And it comes out of nowhere, and it's unnecessary to me. Well, that comes up again later in Journey to Babel when Mama Spock is like, oh, you wouldn't be able to pronounce my Vulcan name. Hmm. hmm. Can she pronounce but, uh, her pres- But presumably After Spock is his Vulcan name, right? Because that's not a human name. No. Well, so, so his other, his human well, they call name. It, they call him that on, on Vulcan, right? There, there, there is a, there was an actual Dr. Spock. That's true. He was a... Pediatrician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrote a bunch of books on child rearing. I wonder if it's just because it's like a vocal range that people don't have. You know, like in Splash, when Daryl Hannah tells Tom Hanks what her real name is and it sounds like squeaky hinges? Mm. There's a good good reference. Either that or it's like Russian sounding Mm. and, you know, it has too many consecutive consonants or something. That's more Welsh, isn't it? Or it's actually just really embarrassing, and he uses that excuse, so... Uh... It's plum. Yeah. It's in, plum, like, yeah, there like we Doc go. McCoy's the... nickname. It, in English, it's like wiener bits. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, like, embarrassed by it. Oh, and Spock they... Spock And balls. They, est- <laughs> they establish here that Spock's father is an ambassador. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm, they do. And his mother's a teacher. Yep. So that was, uh, you know, if that was sort of a throwaway line, worked out. Everybody's a fucking ambassador. Basically. What do you think? Getting on a starship makes you a fucking ambassador? Everybody in this show is an ambassador, for Christ's sake. <laughs> and they're all dicks. McCoy's the official brand ambassador for <laughs> Kentucky Slow Gin. He's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. making a mint julep. That's a drink, Jim. I don't think I like you need to explain that. I really want Kirk to go, I, I, I know. Well, I feel like Spock was proud of himself for knowing what it was. That's true. He, He's he like, I just seem... learned what a mint julep was, guys, and I'm happy, so I have to tell you He about probably it. had a couple. Yeah, several. Um, That's why McCoy had to go make another one. <laughs> Spock keeps stealing his drink. <laughs> that was a good scene with, um, you know, when Spock was first high, and they apparently stopped off to get him a change of clothes. Yeah, yeah. I like it, that. Immediately, he was in his... his Hideous coveralls. Yeah, his awful green jumpsuit. But uh, I love the, you know, the scene where... Um, him and Kirk are talking. He's like, eh, what do you want, Jim? And he's like, some pretty good Shatner acting there. Just being like, Wah. and uh, Doc realizing something was amiss because he was too chilled mellow, out. Mellow. I mean, it was obvious. Even on the tri, uh, even on, I'm going to say tricorder, it was uh, just their communicator. Uh, he already sounded like, what the fuck is going on with yeah. Spock? And I liked, speaking of the communicators, mm-hmm. I liked how it was like, oh, well, the frequency's still open. It will act as a homing device. And I was like, isn't that convenient? <laughs> we just decided that today. We turned on those functions. Oh, yeah, which we well, never had before. My, well, my communicator's on, but I'm not answering. Oh, yeah, well, it's a homing beacon, so... <laughs> back to the playground, kids. Yeah, really. Full circle. I enjoyed that uh, when Layla's first being all emotional at Spock before he's been spored. He puts his hand on his chest and looks longingly into his eyes. I just want Spock to go, that's my liver. <laughs> but it did not come up and I was sad. Alas. Because I'm pretty sure they'd already established at this point that his heart was in yeah, his like, kidney or whatever. She was sad it didn't come up too. Hey. Uh, 
they had, they, I'm sure they had time. There, there's a great moment before he got spored when like she was being all sweet to him and, and he was just like, you should all be dead. <laughs> <laughs> sweet talker. Oh, That was fantastic. Yeah, thank God she was spored. She would have probably slapped him otherwise. Mm. It's not very nice. Uh, well, he's just, you know, she understands. He's logical. He's, mm. he's brusque. It's... I'm so glad to have seen you after all these years. You should be fucking deadly. <laughs> what the fuck? Why are you even alive? I told you to stop calling me. I was very shocked that when they, they did ask, you know, how long has it been that Swag didn't have you know, the, the down to the minute answer? Because he was as uncomfortable as he could be within the realm of still being Vulcanian. Yeah. Plus they already they already Vulcanian. they already did that gag on a on court martial with Seven True. months, four days and an odd number odd of hours. hours. See he would have had it down to the fucking <laughs> minute at least. That's probably he's, true. He's good at these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a good episode, though. I liked the episode. I liked both episodes this week. Yeah, yeah they were good. I thought they had a, a, We've had some, some stinkers. Yeah, but. these were some good ideas, I thought. Yeah, very well executed in all cases. Be them yeah. war or entire lack of war. War and peace. Hey. Oh, episode title. Woo! Saves me the uh, effort. Ow, I just punched myself in the hand. I saw that. Ah, fuck. <laughs> well... With that. Oh, this has been episode 13 of A Stardust Year Herby. Thank I'm you. I'm lucky for some. Not for us. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for joining us. As always, please find our Facebook page, A Stardust Year Herby. We'll have links to our iTunes and some stuff we've written and various things like that. It's a good time. For A Stardust Year Herby, I'm Chris. This has been Ames. Caitlin. And this is your Dr. Jake. Boy. Boy. <laughs> Jake boy. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tip your yeoman. And your bartender. Especially your bartender.